right guys welcome to this episode of vercoin talk this is episode 21 it's been a while it's been a little bit since uh seen you guys so welcome uh everybody who's watching the stream this evening uh wanted to let everybody know that uh we did have a little snafu with regards to youtube i wasn't able to use the pre uh created event for the broadcast because of some differences in the youtube uh studio since the last time i streamed so uh, apologies for that. Uh, wanted to uh, just welcome everybody. If this is your first time joining us, uh, we are going to be going over the Vercoin development update that we put out uh, just a few days ago. Um, and it was basically a year in review, but also all the latest stuff that we've been working on. And one of the differences between uh, this update and previous updates is we've moved to more of a quarterly update schedule. One of the reasons is just due to constraints with time uh from all of the people to kind of put this stuff together um and being able to coordinate all of that and also uh we did feel that if there was some months where we were just really deep in r&d and there wasn't a lot to necessarily show as far as a finished product um we didn't feel like it warranted a lot of you know uh, work to put together this full dev update just to have a few things to talk about. So we felt that moving to a quarterly style update would give much more red meat when it came time to actually put out an update, give you a lot more things to uh, to check out. And quite honestly, we're still doing the the as it happens updates in our discord so if you go over to our discord um towards the top you're going to see a channel called vertcoin updates uh so it's right below the announcements and here we put in anything that's happening as it's happening so if you really want to know up to date latest real time kind of what's happening with vertcoin uh, that's where you want to go check out the vertcoin updates channel inside of our discord um so uh so there you can keep up with the latest information you don't necessarily have to wait every quarter for this uh update to come out from uh the team so i uh, just want to thank everybody once again for joining us here um we're just going to go over the update um i'm going to touch on some of this stuff now there is some pretty heavy things especially when it comes to vert hash um kind of some of the r&d stuff that we're looking at uh that unfortunately i'm not an actual expert on the coding aspect and the logistics and stuff of that nature when it comes to vert hash i'm pretty well rounded in the understanding philosophy and kind of the ideas around things um but one of the things i'd like to do and especially if you guys are interested in that you know let us know in the comments come to discord and let uh the developers know maybe i can get one of the devs to come on and kind of do a technical deep dive into kind of where we're at with vert hash um and what we're looking to do in the future so we're going to kind of touch over those things here in just a second and if you've already read the vertcoin developer update um you know just hang out you know i'm going to go over these things and kind of just give a little bit more insight uh, i'm also going to be asked or uh, answering questions as we go through the broadcast uh this evening and uh if you have any questions just throw them into the chat i'm going to try and keep up with these as we go uh so if you don't uh if, if i don't answer your question feel free to ask it again uh so will we be hosted by cnbc i doubt it uh because <laughs> uh we just don't have the money in order to actually get on that program uh so uh but yeah where we've been uh we've been active it's just that we have not been as you know broadcast friendly necessarily when it comes to time um i don't know how many of you guys know but uh since our previous uh broadcast um i actually in real life have gotten a significant promotion at work which has resulted in me uh not necessarily having as much time 
to 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 dedicate towards vertcoin from a media perspective uh that was one of the reasons why we just haven't had the broadcast is just i haven't had the time uh and uh it's unfortunate i mean it's been a blessing to be able to to move up in my career and stuff of that nature but uh it has come at a detriment of just not having enough time in order to be able to do these broadcasts on a month-to-month basis but uh like i said if you really want to keep up to date if you kind of like that month-to-month or even day-to-day updates discord is where it's at uh because all of our developers all of the marketing team everybody who's involved uh from a vercoin team perspective we're in there all the time uh and taking questions and and answering stuff all the time so um let's get right into uh the dev update so the first thing that we wanted to talk about uh which is i'm sure is at the top of everybody's minds is vert hash um so when we first when we last left you guys kind of in the middle of last year we had just released vert hash the code all of that stuff out on the test net um, so a lot of people thought that that was the end. Okay, Verthash is ready to go. Let's fork. That's not the case. And anybody that's ever been involved with software development or especially any sort of crypto project, um, I mean, you can just look at Prog Proof of Work for Ethereum um, and a lot of these other uh, types of revolutionary style uh, algorithms. It's not easy. There's a reason why this stuff takes a long time is mainly it's security. You want to make sure that what you're doing is secure, and that takes time. It takes or cryptographic experts in order to kind of poke, prod, and and review what you're looking to do from a white paper perspective um, and really put it through the ringer to see if it's functional and secure. Because um, the last thing we want to do is just to throw out Verthash onto the mainnet and put everyone's Vertcoin uh, at risk if there is a problem or something of that nature. So uh, in this time, we've actually been doing a lot of R&D testing. We've been talking with other experts and things of that nature. Luckily, um, a lot of our developers are uh, heavily involved inside of academia and the kind of the leading thinkers when it comes to cryptocurrencies and cryptography. So we've been getting feedback from those guys, those experts in that uh, type of technology. Um, so here you can see, since our first testnet build, Vert has uh, released earlier this year, so mid mid to beginning of 2019, actually, no, it was about mid-2019, uh, we've, you know, we've been tweaking the design uh, with uh, some feedback from various parties. Particularly, we were concerned with our random data file design, and could it be susceptible to disproportionate speed-ups by hardware implementations? For the layman, that's ASICs, um, really ASICs, and even FPGAs. Um, so we're trying to, while the random data file design is, it's there to try and help mitigate things like nice hash. So this rent, uh, rent hash power style systems, it's there to mitigate that or attempt to. We also don't want to inadvertently create a backdoor that allows hardware implementations to be able to take advantage and completely knock people off, uh, off of the GPU market. Um, we still want the GPUs to be the primary miner, the best ROI miner for Vertcoin because that enables us to have diversity of hash power across the entire world. So, um, so without a formal proof of its security properties, uh, it was clear that more rigorous approach was required, similar to our hash function construction, lacked formal basis. So it, it was a sense of to replace that as well as far as the hash function construction uh, so as a result the current vert hash design has changed completely since the testnet build so you know 
we tried some stuff and we found better ways and things of that nature. So um, the link to this uh, dev update is in the description. Uh, if you want to open that up on your other monitor or, or side by side with the video and follow along, by all means, because there are some papers here. So we're getting pretty deep in the technical stuff, but uh, we have some different papers here that talk about the static memory hard functions and the modeling of the cost of space versus time. A lot of crazy stuff here. So, I mean, when we go to click on this, we can just open it up here in a new tab. Um, you can see that this, you know, is something that was done at MIT. Um, so this is kind of a direct thing that we're taking from the MIT people there uh, in the, uh, not necessarily di the digital currency, uh, um, the, the DCI, um, the digital currency initiative. Um, it's a lot of the contributors to that, uh, but we're trying to take the best of what we can find all around the space and try and manipulate it and then also throw in some of our own stuff in there in order to make that stuff work. So the, uh, I'm not going to read this word for word, but basically um, we're going through and just trying to optimize uh, how the GPU operates uh, inside of Verthash and make it so that hardware uh, is not able to be optimized in order to basically just kick GPUs off of mining Vertcoin uh, at anywhere near profitable levels. So um, basically a lot of this other stuff goes into the different types of algorithms, how those are stacked and stuff of that nature. Um, the the code for the current Vert hash design, if you really like digging into the code and stuff of that nature, I'll put it here into the chat. Um, so you guys can go and check that out. So this is the current work of Verthash. Um, you know, since our last quarter, your Jap has been working on translating uh, Spacement's random data generated uh, uh, generations code from Go to C. Um, so th between, I think it's about three or four developers have been working in coalition with each other in order to be able to flesh out the vert hash design. So we're still working on that. Um, and, you know, we're not far from a final version, which at this point would require another testnet build uh, to be released for testing. Uh, but once we're satisfied, then we can move forward with GPU implementation. So what that means is that we're going to be uh, finalizing the build for vert hash. We're going to be putting that on the testnet, and then we're going to be testing that um, with non-optimized uh, miner. It's basically just to make sure the hashing functions are working. Once the hashing functions are working, we've tested that, we've, we've made sure that it's secure. Then we will be moving forward with building out the GPU optimized miners for that particular hashing function. Um, and, you know, obviously there will be a GPU miner for NVIDIA, there will be a GPU miner for AMD. Um, and one of the downsides whenever you make say, vert hash code public, now anyone who wants to make something for an FPGA or wants to attempt starting to go down the road of making an ASIC, they, they have the blueprints. They have what we're doing from a, uh, a hashing algorithm perspective. But the hope is, is that the hashing algorithm is so complex and it heavily favors GPUs to the point that even if you do create something for FPGA, um, that your cost to buy an FPGA versus your cost to buy a GPU, say if it's a thousand, you know, just to use round numbers, it's a thousand dollars for FPGA and you get a thousand mega hash out of that, well, one giga hash. Um, then if it's a hundred dollars for a GPU, you get a hundred mega hash. So the, the idea is that the cost to buy the equipment is equivalent to the amount of performance you get out of that equipment. And that's kind of been our philosophy 
from the start. Um, and but you know, at the end of the day, we still want GPUs to be the main uh, the main engine behind the uh, crunching of the numbers for the hash functions here on the Vertcoin blockchain. So um, you know, we've got different proof of concepts here. If you want to um, to to go here, this is a uh, the, the vert hash pro space. So this is another thing that we're kind of working with. A lot of this stuff, I'm quite honest with you is over my head. I can follow along with it, but I am not that deep when it comes to understanding exactly how all this stuff works. If you want to have that expert level hands-on, uh, knowledge and, and just being able to question either your jap or james uh on on this you know i'll see about trying to get those guys on um then uh then maybe we can do a vert hash deep dive so that might be something that we can do here in the future so uh that's it for vert hash like i said there's a lot of stuff in there that you would have to read yourself there's a lot of papers and things of that nature i encourage you to go over to the vertcoin development update and check that out there that's right at the top first thing there so the other item that i wanted to talk about was code signing certificates so this is something that uh that we got uh really squared away kind of the fall of last year so uh a code signing certificate a lot of people may be like well what exactly is that um so uh this is uh you know, we were able to uh, obtain a DUNS number uh, for uh, Vertcoin using the Vertcoin Foundation Inc. Um, so after we acquired the number, uh, we were able to receive an EV code signing certificate uh, for the Vertcoin Foundation Inc. Uh, and EV certificates means that the organization credentials are more accessibly vetted by certificate authority. Um, and that allows us to be able to kind of uh, circumvent, and not circumvent, but basically be whitelisted when it comes to Windows machines. Uh, so when we're signing the software, uh, it'll bypass some of the malware checks uh, enforced by Windows, uh, which we hope will make it even easier for people to run and download the one-click miner. Really, the, the, the code signing certificate was created or, or the idea of getting that was created for the one click miner because the one click miner is our entryway for the novice miner in order to get into the space of mining in order to kind of understand it and get their feet wet we wanted to make it as user-friendly as possible and obviously if somebody downloads the one click miner and then all of a sudden they have their windows defender is going off you know blaring a siren that hey this has viruses and all the other stuff they're not going to want to proceed especially if they know nothing about this stuff they're not going to want to proceed with possibly infecting their machine what they just don't understand is that the miner is just perceived as a virus by windows defender so we're hoping that and i think all the testing so far has indicated that this will alleviate a lot of that problem so uh if you guys have seen this let me know um so i, I see here you know a lot of people are asking about the 51 percent attack the uh poloniex we're going to be talking about all that stuff so that's just going to be towards the end uh i'm going down the list of the vercoin development uh update um if you want to go in there and check and see what we had to say about all that uh you can go to the uh the development update uh, but i will be getting to that here just a little bit later so just hang out a little bit um you'll learn about some of our other development stuff and then we'll get uh touching on that so to roll over nice transition right over into the one click miner so uh, i don't know if you guys have actually gone out and used the new one click miner it's really sleek it looks awesome super easy to use uh, you don't even need a wallet so you can proxy mine and then send your coins to an address that you want. So if you want to have uh, uh, a 
you know, core wallet, which I'd recommend everybody does. Um, if you want to have a core wallet, but you don't want to necessarily have the wallet running while you're mining, or if you're mining on a rig that, uh, you know, has a very small hard drive, but it doesn't, you don't want to have a wallet installed and have to deal with it sinking and all the other stuff. Um, this, you know, has all of that stuff built in. So the new one click miner supports both NVIDIA and AMD graphics cards. It runs both on Linux and windows, and it uses P2 proxy, uh, as the easiest gateway to mining on P2 pool. So the goal is a frictionless experience to start mining for Vercoin, uh, which we think was, you know, definitely achieved during this setup. Uh, we've added a centralization uh, by, or we've added some centralization by relying on Vercoin's Inside Explorer, uh, as well as using P2 proxy, but the trade-off seems to be acceptable for now. So a lot of times we don't want to centralize anything, but at a certain point, you do have to do a little bit of handholding for new people coming on board uh, with the one-click miner. So we thought that this was an acceptable use case for any sort of um, you know centralization by using the P2 proxy that allows people not to even have to have a wallet in order to start mining. Um, so you know we released the beta um, is probably. After our previous update, uh, we had released the beta, or we may have already been talking about it, because I think I, I did some uh, some mining on it while I was encoding uh, here. But um, you know, you know, I think we're squared away with the final release on that. Um, you know, we might pick this back up again this year and just continue to build on it. Um, but I think with a market-ready one-click miner, we can test to see how the demand is with this tool. Um, you know, it's been a huge success from what I can tell. Let me know what you guys think of it um, and, uh, and and if you have recommended it to anybody else. And, of course, you can find the release. Um, I'll just copy the link here. So the one-click miner release uh, is right there. So you can go and actually download that on your computer, get started mining within seconds. It's literally one click there. The, I think you do have to, the first time you install it, you do have to input a password, but that's just so your password encrypted on your keys for, uh, the coins that you do, uh, mine while you're running the one click miner. But, uh, that's, uh, you know, it's the easiest and it, it looks really nice. Uh, it, it's, it's the easiest way to get up and started mining. Uh, no problem. So definitely I would share this with anybody, you know, that plays games, anybody that you know, that has a powerful GPU, uh, that's just sitting around, not necessarily doing anything. It's a great way to get somebody uh, into the space and, and, and get them mining using uh, the one-click miner. So um, now let's talk about the 51% attack. So uh, uh, on Sunday, December 1st, um, we had a 603 blocks were removed from the Vercoin main chain and replaced with 553 attacker blocks. Uh, so we note that the 600 block is the current confirmation requirements for Vercoin on Bitrix. Um, so there were five double spins in these outputs, which uh, were about 125 Vercoin. So $29 at that time uh, was redirected. Uh, each of the double spin outputs are Coinbase outputs owned by the attacker. And it is unknown whom the coins were originally sent before uh, being swept uh, on the attacker's address uh, for the reorg. Uh, so you can read the full report here. So what that report is, is this is something that James put together uh, whenever we saw this attack. So one of the cool things about this is that um, our community is very vigilant uh, about monitoring 
our blockchain. Um, and it's one of the downsides of being a low hash rate proof of work blockchain is uh, you can be susceptible to things like nice hash because even though we came out with um, the, the fork at the beginning of last year, uh, nice hash immediately threw it on their system. And, uh, and it just takes one person with enough money and they want to be malicious in order to, uh, in order to attack any proof of work coin. And, you know, a lot of people will say that, you know, Ethereum and Bitcoin and things of that nature are, are not 51% attackable. And, and it's simply just not true. It's just, you have to have enough hash power in order to do it. If you have enough money, you may not be able to rent the hash power necessarily, but, um, and I think I've talked about it a few times but remember i think it was the beginning of last year that um the c or, or the ceo of binance he had contemplated rolling back the bitcoin blockchain and he only spoke with like 10 people and they decided not to do it but it took 10 people in order to make that decision because of how the hash power is laid out for for bitcoin so it's possible definitely and that would be a 51 percent attack if you go to roll back the chain that is a 51 percent attack you are taking over the network reorging the network and then submitting that as the new chain uh, and in order to do a 51 percent attack it's basically based upon the amount of work that's done um so uh you know one of the things so vertcoin was previously 51 percent attacked in december 2018 which is another suspicious thing is that it was basically the anniversary so the, it may have been the same person we don't know who it was um they 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 definitely were using uh some rentable hash power in order to perform this off um but you know on november 30th um you know one of our miners noticed that uh, there was a large upswing in hash rate of uh, rental prices on NiceHash for the Layer 2 Rev3 uh, algorithm, which is our algorithm. And so this was combined with workers connected to the NiceHash Stratum server uh, being sent work f for unknown uh, non-public Vercoin blocks. Um, so James at that point contacted Bittrex because we figured that this was going to be the obvious target, um, especially once we saw the number of blocks, uh, given that Bittrex has a 600 block confirmation, um, but, and they're also our most prominent exchange. So we figured that that may have been the target. So, um, we contacted them right away and let them know that, Hey, you may want to disable the wallet, uh, on their platform. Uh, once, you know, the, the uh, attack was, in progress, they subsequently did, you know, disable the wallet, which would render the attack um, useless unless they continued the attack and uh, and Bitrix reopened their wallet, assuming that was the target. So remember, in this line of of thought, there's a lot of assumptions and you don't necessarily know things. The only thing we can go based upon is where the hash rate is going. We can tell that it's going to unknown blocks. So, you know, we just assume the worst and do what we can in order to prevent that. So... Um, here, James talks about the attack itself. I mean, we actually have, you know, a lot of the data regarding the transactions. You know, it was $29 that was redirected. Uh, there wasn't not, from what we could tell, a successful double spend. It was just basically the block rewards. Um, so, you know, or, you know, sorry, not the block rewards. There was $29 worth that was actually double spent um, or an attempt to double spend. Uh, but uh, we don't know where the initial... Uh, deposits were sent. So um, each of the above transactions were invalidated by a single transaction on the attacker's fort uh, that sent 11,000 vercoin to this particular address. So you can read through all of this. So, you know, 
there's there's still strong evidence that this was done using nice hash uh the the attack was originally discovered by inspecting the work being sent to nice hash's stratum server um and you know some of the things that we're looking at doing is you know even having a mo an automated monitoring tool so we're not necessarily reliant on our community in order to uh in order to notice these things one of the i guess Unfortunately, it's a, it's a benefit to the 600 block requirement with Bitrix is that gives us time. So obviously, if they only had like a one block uh, or, or even six blocks, so that's 12 minutes, roughly 12 to 15 minutes. Um, but this, you know, allowed us to be able to see that there was this anomaly. Uh, so we, you know, took actions in order to make sure that nobody ended up getting hurt as a result of somebody being malicious with NiceHash. Um, the post-attack analysis of NiceHash order book during the attacks, preparation shows a large upswing in hash rate rental price uh, from the market equilibrium on both EU and USA markets. This is on NiceHash. Uh, so now the attack is over and the rental price has returned back to baseline market equivalent. And here you can see some graphs. So you can see the differences in how much it costs in order to uh, to perform the uh in order to perform, so this is the weighted order price in Bitcoin per gigahash over the course of the day. So that here you can see the increase, and then went right back to normal. Uh, so this was definitely a deliberate attempt uh, to use the nice hash service in order to 51% attack the Vertcoin blockchain. Um, so that's kind of where we're at with the 51% attack. Nothing has happened since. So um, you know, given the date. One year prior to, we had the fifty-one percent attack. Um, I don't, I don't want to pretend to know the motive of um, the attacker, uh, given the, the 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 anniversary. Perhaps it was the same person. I don't know. Um, if anything, I think this may indicate to whomever it was that was trying to be malicious that our community is pretty vigilant and they're definitely looking out for these types of things. We definitely monitor the network hash rate. Anybody can do that. Um, and you know, we're, we're looking at ways in order to go about automating some sort of alert system. I mean, if you have a massive influx of hash rate, it's easy to monitor that autom you know, automatically and to be able to send out alert notifications. Um, you know, so you, if you have a steady increase in uh in hash rate uh you can obviously code for that so that it's that, that that's removed as a possible false flag but you know we're looking at ways to try and automate this and even possibly not sell this as a service to exchanges but offer it as a service to exchanges because at the end of the day most of the time if you do have a double spend regardless of the project it's normally targeting a high coin holding wallet which are most of the times exchanges um, and they're trying to utilize as much of what is sitting in that wallet. So in the double spin in order to get the most value out of, uh, renting all of the hash power, or if it's a big, huge farm, uh, directing all of their hash power at a particular chain that may not have nearly as much hash power. So that's the essential of what are, that's essentially what happened with the 51% attack that happened back in December of now last year. Um, nothing really came out of it. It, it was, you know, it, it was, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, I've, it probably was somebody who was connected either to the previous one or definitely knew about the previous one. And um, if they had just a few thousand dollars laying around or even less than that, and they just wanted to experiment and see what would happen. Who knows? Um, I, I, I don't know. But nothing has happened since. Uh, who knows by me or us putting out this dev update, highlighting it, if something else will happen 
Lord knows I'd much rather us just be able to get our hash power up to where uh, being able to rent the hash power off of nice hash isn't even an option. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's where we're at with the uh, the attempted 51% attack. Uh, they definitely reorged the block, so it was a successful attack. Um, I just don't think it may have been successful from their goals but then again we don't know what those were so uh one other thing to uh take into consideration from the development perspective uh these are research topics that we are currently considering as a development team so a lot of people in response to the 51 percent attack uh we had your uh typical uh komodo crowd coming out with uh, the the notary nodes uh, we're not doing mastery master nodes notary nodes whatever you want to call them we're not going to centralize control of the blockchain like that it's not happening so you know it comes out every time that something like this happens regardless of what project it happens to they're like vultures on a dead carcass they fly over there real quick like we can protect you um you know if you want to centralize your project yeah you can go that route but i mean at that point what's the point of a blockchain you should just use a database um, but so we're looking at things like multi, uh, uh, multi algo mining. So very similar to what Digibyte does. Um, so they have five algorithms that they cycle through. Um, but we're looking at some proposals there, uh, and you can find the different posts here, um, on the dev page. Uh, we're also looking at some deep org protection. So, uh, the Z classic update for, uh, this, uh, it protects against different deep, uh, different types of deep reorgs of the blockchain. Um, so you can read up about this. Um, this again is some pretty technical stuff. Uh, basically the gist is that we're trying to look at ways in order to make it so hard in order to 51% attack or to reorg the blockchain that people just won't even bother. Um, that's kind of the reasons why we swapped over algorithms and that we're so quick in order to uh, implement a hard fork is to decentivize people from making ASICs. You know, there is no such thing as ASIC proof. The ASIC resistance is our uh, resolve as a team in order to fork the network in order to brick an ASIC that's designed for a particular algorithm. Um, so the same kind of idea and concept is what we're trying to uh, initiate with these uh these sort of R and D research things, uh, when it comes to even 51% attacks, um, you know, unfortunately, unless we do something really, uh, kind of, uh, you know, even with vert hash, we were looking at ways to make it so that nice hash couldn't even mine the algorithm, uh, because they would need certain things that necessarily would break the, uh, the remote hashing feature that is nice hash. Um, that ended up not happening just because it would kill a lot of other things that make, uh, you know, mobile wallets and stuff of that nature function. Um, so this is another attempt in trying to solve that problem in a different fashion. So, uh, you can come here and read about this. Uh, um, I'll throw it up here in the chat here real quick. So, uh, you can check that out. Uh, the Z classic update with regard to deep org. Uh, we're also looking at, uh, the, uh, horizon info here. Uh, it's a proposed, uh, to modify the Satoshi consensus in order to enhance protection against 51% attacks. Um, this is a, uh, interesting paper that talks about, uh, a lot of different ways. So as you can see, super technical, it's this stuff. I, I do not understand this reading it myself. I would have to get somebody who, you know, your Jap James to explain this in a little bit more layman's terms for me. But if you feel so bold, 
in order to go in here and read this, uh, I, I can read the conclusion. So the uh, operating environment of cryptocurrency systems has changed significantly from its origins in 2009 when mining power was far more decentralized. You know, this kind of goes back to our mission is to keep up decentralization of mining power as much as possible. So Satoshi's consensus or the longest chain rule worked well to adjust the natural chain forks uh, by simply deferring to the chain with the most accumulated work. So both technical limitations and economic incentives combined to render the longest chain rule the dominant strategy for any miner, whether host or, or whether honest or nefarious. Uh, so this is uh, no longer the case and public blockchains need to upgrade consensus rules to make it far more costly to succeed with double spending. So that's kind of what I was talking about with that's kind of our goal. That's we want to make it so advantageous in order to, to even attempt to do a double spend or to do a malicious attack uh, that you just don't even bother. Um, but we just have to figure out the best way to go about doing that. So we are, we're, we're looking, researching uh, a bunch of different options. We're definitely not going to sit here and say, well, we can think of the best option because there may be an even better option already created. It's kind of like with the vert hash uh, algorithm that we're doing. Uh, we created the initial blueprint and then we've had it, we're trying to get it peer reviewed and then we're making adjustments. We've already kind of redesigned it because the first design may not have been, or it wasn't the best. So we're re going about doing that. So we're also looking at other options um, as well with regards to research topics, especially over here at the first quarter of 2020. So that's about it so far for the development side uh, of Vertcoin uh, for the last roughly six months or so. Um, we've, we've been, uh, you know, trying to work on the vert hash. The one click miner was a big, uh, success that was really headed up by your jab, which, uh, you know, I want to thank him again for all of his time that he spent on that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, let us know in the discord, if you have other topics, other things that you, uh, would propose that the developers spend their spare time on. Cause remember once again, uh, for anybody who's never been here before, we are an all volunteer project. Uh, no one gets paid for any of their work. Now we do have bounties. We do have some bounties on tasks. So something like the one click miner, uh, we did raise funds for your Jap in order to dedicate full time, uh, his time uh, in order to build that. But all of us, we don't get paid to do this. So this is all a volunteer effort. So when I say spare time, I, I literally mean that when we have some spare time in order to work on these things. Uh, luckily, we're very passionate about this stuff. So we make time when we can. Um, but uh, but those are the things that currently the development team has been doing for the past six months. And then these research topics are what we're looking to do uh, in the upcoming months. So now to dive into the marketing aspect, we kind of keep these two sections separate. You know, the, the devs a little bit more technical marketing is just going to tell you some kind of stuff that we've done, um, over the past, uh, six months, uh, as a team, I've already talked about the Vertcoin updates channel, kind of talked about it here at the beginning. Uh, make sure to check out that to get the latest information. Um, and, uh, you know, Vertcoin talk, this is kind of our broadcast that we do. Uh, to go over the uh, the developer update, we also do fireside chats and stuff of that nature with the devs, um, and uh, and we have done some collaborations with some other projects in the past. Let us know if you want to do some more of those. Um, but this is the broadcast that that I host uh, here on YouTube. Uh, D Live, we're also on D Live. We're uh, streaming on my Twitter account, and then we're also over on uh, Twitch. So you can catch us out at all of those places. And then uh, there's an audio version of this talk that's uploaded uh, after we've concluded with our live stream. Uh, but 
uh, I do want to uh, issue a challenge to the community that if you do not see that audio version uploaded within a week or so after the broadcast, please let me know. Because the last one from July uploaded like two weeks ago. Because I completely forgot to make the audio version and to push it out to all the podcasts and things of that nature. So um, if you don't see that, please feel free to to come into Discord or to hit me up on Twitter or something of that nature and say, hey, we don't see the audio version. I'd love to listen to it. So um, just uh, you know, make sure and look out for that. So here you can see all the links to all the places where you can find and watch our broadcast. Uh, here's one big one, uh, the Vercoin Foundation uh, IRS update. So a lot of you guys know back in July, we had been waiting to hear from the IRS uh, here in the United States. So one of the, if you don't know what the Vercoin Foundation is, uh, this is the nonprofit uh, 501c3 that we have been, uh, that we submitted for nonprofit status at the beginning of last year to the IRS. And we have been back and forth with them talking with, uh, with the agent who was heading up our application and just, uh, trying to go down that road. The, the goal, um, for the foundation is we need a tax exempt, uh, legal entity in order to hold all of the assets of Vertcoin. But the key thing there is tax exempt. We don't want to be paying taxes on anything that's being donated to the foundation because at that point it's like, all right, we're really, what's the point? Um, now, what we were trying to do is go a step further. And this is, you know, if you know the, the development team or the team here at Vertcoin, we are always doing this in almost every aspect of the project. We wanted to go a step further and we wanted to do a charitable 501c3 to allow for anyone inside of the United States who wants to donate to the Vertcoin Foundation to be able to deduct those donations from their taxes so it lessens their tax burden. I mean, the, the less you pay in taxes, the happier I'm going to be and the happier you should be because now your burden's less than that. So that was the route that we were going. And we were hoping to provide our community uh, members with that. Um, so unfortunately, uh, the it, it's not an option. Uh, we've been declined the 501c3 status by the IRS. Um, now, some people would say, you know, well, uh, it was... I think Zcash has a 501c3. One of the reasons we did not get uh, accepted for that status is because we were not doing any grants or giving money away. The funds that were going to be donated were going to be going towards the ongoing development of the software. The software and everything of that nature were going to be given away for free. And that's kind of the route we were going to go. Now, Zcash, they do grants. They're called grants, but you and I know them as bounties. So basically what they do is they put up, we want this new piece of software developed for Zcash. Um, we're going to pay X number of dollars. And they call that a grant. Now, for me, as a grant, uh, you know, coming from the, the, the nonprofit stuff I've done in the past, a grant is we would like to give money to so-and-so because they did really good in school um, or, or a scholarship grant. Those are kind of the same rung. Um, but we, uh, you know, when we got denied, um, we uh, are trying to weigh our options now because we can still go 501c6, which is a nonprofit legal entity, but it doesn't have the ability for anyone who donates to it to deduct that from their taxes. So that still wouldn't hit the main goal of being able to create a legal entity that is tax exempt. Uh, we can also weigh the option of doing uh, a tax exempt nonprofit 
outside of the United States. Uh, we wanted to hit the United States because normally they're the harshest when it comes to regulation. And if you are good in the United States, most of the times you're good in the in most of the Western world. Um, so that's kind of what we were looking to do. So uh, we don't have a direction as of yet where we're going to go with that, but we will alert you guys and let you guys know uh, as soon as we have that. The IRS or, or the, sorry, the Vercoin Foundation Inc., has been set up for over a year now. So the actual legal entity is set up. It's just the nonprofit aspect of that that was currently just denied by the IRS. So now we're going to seek which other alternatives we can go in order to get that nonprofit status. Um, so that's it for the IRS there. Um, you kind of heard it at the beginning of the broadcast. So we actually had a rave beat that was created um, by um, imprints. Uh, you can check that out here on SoundCloud. Um, so it was, uh, you know, campaign tracking style stuff uh, that uh, we're trying to set up for the one-click miner. Uh, but we wanted to go ahead and launch the audio campaign uh, just to, you know, kind of, you know, bring a little bit of attention to to Vercoin. So you heard that at the beginning. Uh, check that out on the uh, on the uh, the developer update here. I'll put a link to that. Whoops here into the chat so you guys can check that out if you like to um that's a pretty cool little um little little beat that was created by one of the community members uh for vercoin so uh a lot of you may know from the broadcast or if you've ever gone to our twitter to our uh website uh that we were actually we had the code on our website and other social sites for the brave rewards um and we wanted to thank everybody who has donated brave to uh, the Vercoin team uh, through that system. Uh, so in total, we raised about 262 total Vercoin. So basically what we would do, um, we would take the Brave that was donated uh, to our, our account and then send it over to Bitrix, convert it over to Vercoin, and send the Vercoin over to the General Dev Fund. Um, so over the course of about six months of having it on there, we were able to uh, to generate 262 Vercoin uh, for the uh general dev fund uh, but we're actually looking to remove brave rewards from our social sites and from our website uh, due to there was some concerns over privacy aspects of the brave browser and the brave rewards system um, so i'm not sure exactly where we're still at with that uh, i'm going to double check with cryptoplankton and james with regards to all of that but we're looking to possibly remove that from the sites um, so we just wanted to thank everybody who did participate in that we like the concept it's kind of cool being able to to, uh, to to tip people if you like their content and stuff of that nature so um, but we'll see how the uh, how, how the security issues surrounding the privacy aspects of that system change and we may be able to reinstitute that uh, in the future uh, depending on how things go so uh, we do have a few new exchange listings here um, these were done uh, over the last four or five months um, so uh, you know you can also continue to use Bitrix, Vertbase, CoinsArk um, as uh, you know the kind of the staples inside of the Vertcoin community. But here you can see those different exchanges that were listed here. Uh, as always, anytime we talk about any sort of uh, exchange, even Bitrix, um, we don't endorse the exchange itself. Always do your own research and use at your own risk because at the end of the day, you are relying on a centralized third party in order to facilitate uh, your exchanging and uh, you know receiving and sending of of any sort of cryptocurrency. So uh, as a project, we just uh, always put that disclaimer there because at the end of the day, we have no control over any of that stuff. Uh, we just work on the blockchain. 
for Vercoin. So um, now to get to the other thing that people may be wanting to talk about, uh, the Poloniex delisting of Vercoin. So um, a lot of people may not know this. Um, Poloniex was bought um, by um, Tron, uh, the founder of Tron. Um, so new owners, um, and as a result, the new owners are delisting uh, a bunch of different assets. So this came out in December. So here you can see it wasn't just us. Um, you also had Digibyte, which I think, I don't know if that was more, you know, a vendetta or something between the spat that went on between Jared Tate and, uh, and Tron, Justin, I think it's Justin's son. Um, but you had some other coins over here that were delisted. Um, they also had a security breach at Poloniex. There's a lot of craziness that's going around um, on that particular exchange. So um, you have until you know January 30th in order to withdraw all of your assets um, from the exchange. So I'd recommend you do that, obviously, as soon as possible. Um, you know, I would recommend you know heading on over to Bitrix. Um, you can use that exchange. Um, but uh, th we were not notified that this was happening. Um, Really, that should be the case for almost any time something like this happens because if you notify the team prior to delisting something from an exchange, that's insider trading. So, And that's not necessarily ethical or legal in a lot of places. Um, so we got no notification of it. We found out as soon as they posted uh, the support listing that they were delisting uh, us along with these other uh, um, coins and projects. But, you know, new ownership, new prerogative, it's their exchange. They can do with it as they want. You know, um, we had been on there for a very, very long time. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, sad to see another player uh, getting kind of out of that game. But, you know, it is what it is. And I'm not too worried about it. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it is something that's happening. It can't affect people. So just make sure if you have any assets on there to go in and withdraw those off and just send them on over to the Vercoin Core wallet or if you want to go to another exchange. Uh, there's plenty that we had just added, uh, plus, um, you know, some of our other staples here. So um, I did have a written art or uh, interview with uh, changenow.io. Um, so if you want to know anything about me, which you probably don't, not I'll blame you, um, you can go in here and check out the response uh, to uh, to a lot of those questions. They talk about what they've seen on my LinkedIn profile and all of the jobs I have and things of that nature, um, how I got into crypto, um, all kinds of other good stuff uh, surrounding Vertcoin. So go and check that out uh, if you want to check, uh, if you want to see a little bit more about that written interview. Um, also, another thing that we've done from the marketing team is that we have been pushing uh, Vertcoin as an option for podcasters. So um, I don't know if you guys follow a lot with uh, the, the Patreon issues that kind of came up last year where Patreon was kind of delisting a lot of different podcasters um, because they didn't even like what they were saying or, or insert whatever reason. But we felt that it was an opportunity to be able to go to some podcasters and say, hey, Vercoin can be created by mining with your GPU, so anybody in your audience can can mine the cryptocurrency, and then they can tip you. No different than using the Brave browser or something of that nature. Then they can tip you if they want to help support your channel. So one of the things that we did, uh, we were able to uh, Matt Christensen Media. He had added um, Vercoin as an option to be able to send him. Uh, 
cryptocurrency. Uh, so he has a little blurb here uh, on his website. But uh, I would recommend that if you have any podcasters that you listen to uh, that are looking at ways in order to be able to allow their audience to be able to support them, to be able to support their work, uh, offer up Vertcoin as an option, especially with the one-click miner. It's super easy to be able to get somebody who has a computer that's just sitting for 10 plus hours a day to be able to generate some income in order to help out, uh, help support their favorite podcast, uh, team or, or, or individual. So, uh, we did that here. Merchant Mondays. Um, if you haven't seen that on Reddit in a while, it's cause it hasn't been on there. Uh, Merchant Mondays has really kind of fallen off over the last four to five months or so. Uh, we're going to try and reinvigorate that. A lot of the companies that were accepting Vertcoin or really a lot of cryptocurrencies, a lot of them has have either closed up shop um, or they don't accept crypto anymore. Um, so uh, the marketing team or the guys on the marketing team, uh, they're trying to rebuild that list just so if you want to earn your uh, or mine your Vertcoin and then go spend it on some stuff, uh, then that list will be there for you. So check out on our Reddit. Uh, we're going to try and post that on Monday uh, throughout this year. It may not be every Monday, especially if nothing changes between now and then. Uh, if you don't see it, come into the marketing channel on the Discord and uh, and yell at somebody and be like, hey, I didn't see Merchant Mondays this Monday. Um, and then we'll get that posted right away for you. So um, that's about it. We did create um, cool little Vertcoin logo for the holidays um that should be coming off of the discord here pretty soon uh but it was just something for a uh, festive um logo for the season uh the developer fun here we uh this is one of the things that's kind of unique about vertcoin is that uh we're very open we have an open book when it comes to all of our funds uh, how much is donated, how much is expended, um, all of that stuff. So uh, for the marketing and advertising fund, uh, we did bring in 100 or 1,725 Vertcoin. Uh, the general debt fund brought in 10,664 Vertcoin. Uh, and then the tip jar was 587 Vertcoin. So the tip jar just goes directly to the developers. Once again, we're all volunteers. We don't get paid uh, from the general debt fund or the marketing fund or anything. Only uh, the tip jar that is split amongst the developers and the team members uh, directly. So um, thanks again for anybody who donated to any of these funds. Uh, the marketing advertising fund will be used, uh, especially once we get the one-click miner to its final stage, being able to promote that. We did run some Google ads um, and YouTube ads and stuff of that nature last year. We did some testing with that. Uh, we're going to look to probably do more of that this year. So that's where those funds come into play in order just to be able to get out um, the one-click miner, the uh, the idea around Vercoin and stuff out to people who just don't know about the community. I know, um, you know, obviously the more uh, exchanges or, or, or if we can get on CNBC, <laughs> you know, obviously you're going to have a lot more people looking at the project. Um, but unfortunately, and you can go to our marketing advertising fund on the Vercoin website. You can see what we have in there. Um, we can't afford to run a spot on CNBC, uh, but we do the best that we can with the funds that are donated to us. And I just want to thank everybody who has donated uh, to any of these funds. Uh, it's greatly appreciated and allows us to keep doing uh, what we love, what we're passionate about, and hopefully to be able to bring you guys a cryptocurrency project that is decentralized, that is open source, that is honest and fair, and tries to be uh, as straightforward with the community as possible. Because without the community, the project doesn't exist. Um, 
And then we have all the links and resources and stuff of that nature. And then the how how are we doing? Um, so that's it for the developer update. Uh, let me go back and try and find some of these other questions that we had in here. So definitely if you tag uh, Vercoin, I'm going to be able to see it uh, here. Um, but let's go back up. Let's see what we got here. Uh, so is Vercoin lit? So I'm assuming you're talking about the lit um, lightning network. So no, we are not because lit is a MIT project that is currently on hold. Uh, they've actually, uh, I don't want to say the word is abandoned, but they have stopped development on it. Um, I know L and D is still moving forward heavily with the lightning network on their end. So is uh, a few of the other companies that are building, uh, the lightning network. Um, it just come down to, uh, lit was, you know, a project of the MIT digital currency initiative, uh, L and D and, and some of these other companies have a lot of funding. They got a lot of money in order to devote resources in order to making the lightning network work. So, um, I don't see why Vercoin couldn't have an L and D or some type of lightning network, uh, uh, added on to our blockchain uh but right now we're kind of hands off when it comes to the lightning network we could always pick up lit from uh the mit dci uh repository and work on that it's just having the time you know that stuff takes a lot of time and you really need some full-time developers in order to be able to facilitate that and right now we just don't have that um hey crypto mikhail uh nice to see you man uh haven't had the chance to check out your new channel uh want to check that out especially um especially uh, now that you guys are kind of doing your own thing over there. Um, so I'll have to check that out. I just, I've been so busy, man. Uh, as of late, I haven't been able to watch hardly any YouTube uh, things, let alone stream on here or anything of that nature. So, um, yeah, it was sad to hear about the IRS denying uh, nonprofits. So, Oakster, um, one of the things is that I had the direct conversations with the IRS agent that was talking to us uh, about the um, – about the application and she was very hostile from the get-go before she even knew anything about the project before she read anything uh, we had a phone conversation and just because the word cryptocurrency was used very hostile you can imagine as uh, working for an organization where they collect taxes they're probably not very uh very giddy about giving any sort of tax exempt status to anything that could rival the US dollar. So, um, so yeah, it seemed almost doomed from the start, but I wanted to at least give them, I needed the formal rejection before we move forward with any other sort of avenues of what we can do with regards to his nonprofit. Um, so now that we have that, now we're looking at what our options are and we're trying to determine what's the best option. Um, so let's see. I already talked about Poloniex. Um, yeah, why the 51% then? I have no idea, man. I, I really would love to know who it was that did the 51, but I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, Polo has left the U.S. Um, let's see what else we got here. Why would anyone do this for $29? So the $29, um, that was just what... So I don't know. It really goes back to motivation. If your motivation to 51% attack somebody is profit, you send large volumes of coins on the main chain, 51% attack, and it reverses that transaction. So you get your coins plus the coins are still on there and then you can take them off. Um, you know, that's for profit is normally why 51% attacks are done. 
I could easily see, so given the fact that we are such a low hash rate coin, and you and at the time you could rent nice hash capabilities for relatively cheap, and you know, relative is you know to each person, but you could rent that. You know, if you just wanted to be a jerk, maybe you have a you know a few hundred thousand, not a few hundred thousand, a few hundred or a few thousand dollars, whatever is required in order to fulfill that using the nice hash service. Maybe you just feel like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Let me, you know, I really hate this project. Um, you know, it could be, you know, another project that's trying to cause chaos so that they can market themselves. We don't know. We have no idea who did it. Uh, we don't know why they did it. Um, all we know is that if the target was Bitrix, that target was not successfully uh, initiated when it came to the 51% attack. Um as far as the grand scope, because we were able to get that wallet shut down prior to that's not ideal. We don't want to be in the nature of having to go to an exchange and say, Hey, you need to cut your, you need to suspend your wallet because we are fear that a 51% attack is happening. I'd rather have the hash rate high enough. So 51% attack from a, uh, a rentable hash system like nice hash is not even possible. Um, but we got to get to that point. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's a problem in and of itself, and, and we're working our best in order to try and solve that. It's just not easy. And unfortunately, that problem is susceptible to any proof-of-work algorithm that has a low hash rate. Um, any proof-of-work algorithm can be 51% attack. You just have to obtain the hash rate. But you, when it's a low hash rate network, you can rent that hash rate. And that's where it becomes even more nefarious because you have it's essentially you have a GPU botnet that you can command as long as you have the funds in order to be able to do that. So will we implement any privacy features? I don't think any of those are on the horizon. Um, I think what we have right now is kind of what we got as far as privacy. I don't see anything changing with that. I know we used to have stealth addresses. Those were taking out or taken out about two, three years ago. Um, I don't know if there is a desire to get those re-implemented or anything of that nature. Uh, that's a good question. I would go over to the Discord. We have uh, a developer channel. Um, so I'll throw this over on my screen here. Let's see if this is a good idea because throwing Discord over on the screen, Lord knows what I'm going to be able to see here. Um, so I'll throw this up here. And actually... Let's see. I'm wondering. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to throw this over on the screen here. Um, so we have a d developer channel right here. Please come in here and ask any of those questions, and we can easily be able to facilitate answers for you, uh, whether or not if those are an option. Uh, does a one-click miner have a timer on it to switch on and off? That's a good question. I haven't opened the one-click miner in a while. I, hold on, let me see, because now I want to go and open it and double check. If any of you other guys that have used the one-click miner want to answer timeout on that, um, yeah, I, I can't recall. I don't think it does have a timer. I think that, because I know the original one-click miner had the ability to mine when at idle, so whenever the system was at idle, um, but, uh, but I do not recall off the top of my head. That's frustrating. I should really know that. I just, I haven't opened the one-click miner in a, in, in a bit. Um, yeah. Vercoin needs to steal ground from other coins like Redcoin, Dogecoin, Litecoin, and Ravencoin and attract more common man rather than just focus a lot on mining. Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing with the one-click miners. Our idea is that we want everybody to be able to mine. And right now, mining, even to today, you have to watch hours of YouTube videos and, 
and have a little bit of knowledge around the technology in order to be able to facilitate actually getting mining and make it profitable and be able to tune your graphics cards so that, you know, things are, are you know, as efficient as possible. Um, so we're trying to make it as easy for anyone to be able to mine uh, Vertcoin. So uh, let's see. Uh, Craig's right. We need more market oriented. I'm surprised every phone carrier is interested in the network operated off of simple GPU devices. Yeah, it you know it's it's one of those things too um, that being a project of volunteers has its ups and downs as far as benefits and cons. So the benefit is is that no matter what the price of any cryptocurrency, be it Vercoin, Bitcoin, whatever, if it's a volunteer team and they're not being paid. So there's no ramifications on the price. It's going to affect development. You know, you're there passionately. You're there for your passions. You're not there in order to get a paycheck at the end of the week. So uh, we saw this with a lot of the ICOs and stuff of that nature that really kind of launched in 2017 and riding the wave of Ethereum. And then when Ethereum prices crashed, they had to lay off a bunch of people because they couldn't afford to keep them anymore because all of their ICO money was dried up. Um, we don't necessarily have that problem. The downside with a volunteer team is that you're the what you lack in in uh, you know we have to do this in order to make a paycheck, um, you know, or, or what you gain in not having to have a paycheck in order to have the developers on board and their passions and stuff of that nature, you lack in time. So we're doing this in our spare time. We're not able to do this full time. Um, that sucks because it takes time to do this. It takes time to research these things. It takes time to think up and to, and to war room and to brainstorm all these different problems. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to solve problems. Um, and then you have to code it. You have to implement it. You got to test it. You got to build out all of these things. Um, and being able to get all of that orchestrated, organized, and in somewhat of a, you know, we can predict what we're going to do Q1 of 2020 is very difficult from a volunteer perspective. And obviously, um, you know, people will go away and come back um, if their time, uh, you know, doesn't allow for them to work on the project for six months. You know, there's nothing we can do about that. You know, we just have to roll with the punches and continue to do what we can uh, with the assets and the manpower that we have. So um, is there a donate page on the new Vercoin website? So Vercoin.org. Yep. So if you go to the Vercoin website here um, and then you go down to donate to Vercoin developer team. When you click on this, you, it's just vercoin.org forward slash donate. Here you can see the different funds. So we have uh, the marketing, advertising, tip jar, all this stuff. And then when you click on the address, you can actually go see what has been donated to this over time. So all of this stuff is available uh, whenever you want. But here you can see that we didn't have an ICO, no pre-mine, none of that stuff. Um, and you can keep track of all this. And then, you know, our monthly developer update, I think we need to update on the website. Uh, it's not monthly, uh, it's quarterly now. But here you can see all of our developer updates. So we're open with you guys on everything that we're doing, everything we're trying to do in the future, uh, and stuff of that nature. So uh, VTC cannot be market-oriented. VTC has a good point, ethics, and that's the point, and it should be focused. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's one thing, you know, people have always, you know, People really liked the ethics, the ASIC resistance, the philosophy around the project. 
Um, really kind of took off in 2017, 2016, something of that nature. And then really when uh, people were just searching for the next big thing, they didn't really necessarily care about that stuff. A lot of people just cared about what was going to make them money. Um, and they didn't care if it was real, uh, if it was a database, uh, it wasn't an actual real blockchain. It would, you know, how many people have left something like Vertcoin, Digibyte, uh, Decred, any of these uh, other real open source projects and stuff of that nature, left those and gone to something like Ripple or BNB or, or a project where necessarily you can't even mine it, um, as a project um, you can't even run a wallet. Your wallet has to be done through a website. You know, it harkens back to like BitConnect and stuff of that nature. It's like, you know, is it even real? Um, but pe- a lot of people um, don't care. They, they're just here for the quick gains and move on to the next thing. So um, a lot of people, you know, I've had people in the past say, dude, you don't need to really talk about the ethics and, and the philosophies and all other stuff. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the price. I completely disagree. I mean, if, it, if that was the case, I would, you know, I wouldn't be here at all. Um, but yeah, so, uh, let's see here. Um, BTC can be, uh, promoted with aggressive message. Uh, fuck my vein, fuck a six. I'll go ahead and show this. Um, I don't, you know, I think Bitmain, they, they've had a problem. Uh, I think they almost borderline collapsed. I think, you know, they, they've had some change in leadership, a lot of other stuff. ASICs, they haven't necessarily been a thing uh, that we've had to worry about over the last year necessarily. Um, it could always creep back up. Um, I think the ASIC resistance thing, sometimes a lot of people may, is a ASIC resistance was kind of a big thing for like a few months and then it just went away. Um, and you can tell, I mean, even like with Bitcoin, the centralization of mining where you know the overwhelming majority of mining is coming out of China, it's coming out of a few different farms. Um, that's a huge amount of centralization and, and it kind of harkens back to the whole philosophy, ethics and stuff of that nature. A lot of people just don't care because nothing bad has happened yet. You haven't had your mountain Gox situation in the mining centralization world yet that has caused people to really take decentralization of mining seriously. Uh, I think if the, if, if, uh, CZ from Binance would have consulted those 10 people and they would have rolled back the Bitcoin network, it had been a completely different world uh, as far as ASIC resistance goes. But they didn't do that yet. So it's kind of more of a waiting game. I think it's going to happen one day. Um, someone with all of the ASIC power, or at least the majority uh, of using the ASIC powers and stuff of that nature. Um, one day I think that rooster is going to come home, or, or that ch- chicken is going to come home to roost. Um, but we just aren't there yet. And there's just a lot of people just don't care, unfortunately. Uh, nefarious technology. Hey man, happy new year. Yeah. Uh, good to see you guys active. Uh, road to SB goes through Baltimore. You that's right. So I am wearing my Baltimore Ravens hat. Got the flag over here. Super bowl. will be going for through the Baltimore Ravens this year. Got the number one seed. Super excited about that. A uh, little disappointed. I didn't get to watch nearly as much football this year that I wanted. Uh, really the only football I got to watch was when I went to the Baltimore Ravens game against San Francisco, which was an amazing game. But it was pouring down rain the entire time, but it was still a lot of fun to watch. Um, that was really the, the most football I've gotten to watch all this year. I have made a concerted effort to try and clear my schedule enough to be able to watch the playoff games this year. So this Saturday I'm going to try and watch the game. But, man, between um, between my jobs and, and things of that nature and 
uh, you know, uh, I'm building a new house and stuff. You know, all of that stuff has just made it so I don't have a lot of time for hardly anything uh, anymore. And it, it sucks a little bit, um, but it is nice to be productive. It is nice to be advancing and things of that nature. So uh, it's just a balanced thing that I have to work out. Uh, but, yeah, I'm trying to make time for football. So, um, cool. Uh, and, like I said, once again, I want to apologize to anybody who tried to go to the other link for tonight's broadcast because of the new – uh, control room inside of YouTube, and we use Restream in order to stream to all the different platforms at one time. Uh, that was not allowing me to use the event that I had created uh, two days ago uh, in order to stream to, so I want to uh, apologize for that. So, uh, But I think that's about it. We've gone through all the questions. I want to thank everybody for hanging out tonight. Um, like I said, this is quarterly, so the next broadcast, assuming uh, we don't do anything like a, uh, a developer fireside chat or a particular topic, like if we want to dive deep into Verthash, might have one of the developers on in order to talk about that specifically. But the next Vertcoin Talk developer update will be at the end of Q1. So probably around, I don't know, I'd say uh, April or so. Um, we'll be looking to do that, so check back for that. Uh, we have a whole bunch of other different videos and stuff of that nature on our channel. You can check those out. And then once again, if you want to have that intimate immediate conversation with anyone on the team please swing over to our discord that is the happening place that's where everything is happening you can check out the vercoin updates channel in order to get real-time updates on any and everything uh that's happening around vercoin um so yeah uh so frank said related to the asic resistance thing i think the david versus goliath narrative could work um it's it is david versus goliath especially when it comes to assets and size of the network when it comes to like us versus bitcoin or us versus Litecoin. Uh, those networks are obviously much bigger just because of the ASICs when it comes to proof of work. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's a weird space to be in because you can't force people to mine it. They have to be attracted to it. Um, and I think um, one of the major factors that's really going to shake up the entire landscape of the cryptocurrency space is going to be, say, if Ethereum goes to proof of stake, so that's a lot of GPU miners that now they don't know where they're going to go. Um, so that's an opportunity. Um, and especially if somebody with these ASIC farms or ASIC manufacturers does something nefarious, which I, in my opinion is only a matter of time before they do something of that nature. Um, hoping it's not the case because unfortunately a lot of people are going to uh, suffer because of that. Uh, but it, you know, at the end of the day, you, you're your nest you built it now you got to lay in it you know um so uh we'll see what happens with that but um you know any ideas also uh i'll, I'll bring that up too uh if you are interested in contributing to the vercoin team want to do some development work if you want to kind of understand the development side uh, around cryptocurrency or even if you want to uh, share other talents things like marketing just even you know community moderation and things of that nature uh if you have have any interested in that or any interest in that swing over to our discord uh and uh talk with one of the mods or any of the people over there that's kind of managing those channels um we're always looking for volunteers and we'd love to have you on board so uh with that uh, i'm going to go ahead and wrap up this broadcast i want to thank everybody again for joining us here today 